If you went outside during a thunderstorm and yelled as loud as you could at the wind, nothing would happen. It would not stop blowing. <laughs> or if you were on a boat and there were waves and you you could you could yell at that water, you could talk to the water, you could make deals with the water, you could plead with the water, and nothing that you could say or nothing that you could do can stop those waves. You're pretty powerless against wind and waves. But Jesus is not, because he made them. The wind and the waves obey their creator. The only person who can make the wind blow is the creator of the universe. And the only person that can make waves on the sea or stillness on the sea is the creator. He's sovereign over his creation that he made. We're going to keep that in mind as we read our passage today. I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. We've been in the book of Matthew for a while, and we've seen Jesus. We've met him. We've seen how he is the fulfillment of so many things in the Old Testament. We already know he is that offspring. He is the one who's living a perfect life that Adam didn't live, and neither did Noah or Daniel or you or me or anyone else in all of history. He is what so many stories in the Old Testament were pointing to. And here he is going around and proclaiming the kingdom of God because he is the king of kings. He is the king of that kingdom. And it is an everlasting kingdom. And he's going around and he is training up his disciples, both the big group of people that were following him around and also his chosen, um, he had 12 disciples that he spent special time instructing and training them. He's been preaching. Um, We read the whole Sermon on the Mount, so we got to see what kinds of things he was teaching the people about. And then he was also going around and healing people of their diseases and illnesses, which is like a foretaste of what heaven will be like. Because in heaven, there will be no sickness. There will be no sin. There will be no diseases. There will be no sadness or crying or tears. Um, And so Jesus was demonstrating that on earth. As we read today, there's just a couple things by way of context. One is just a reminder of the creation story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything was made by God, and it was made by the word of his power. He spoke and said, let there be light, and then there was light. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And the other thing is I want to talk about a name that Jesus uses for himself. He calls himself the Son of Man. And I think it's important because he uses that title for himself many times in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those four books all record Jesus referring to himself as the Son of Man. So what on earth does that mean? Why does he use that title for himself? Well, one thing it means is just simply that he's a human being. Son of Man is a human being. And I think Jesus really wants us to know that he is the human being. He is the greater Adam. So Adam in the beginning sinned and fell, and Jesus now is this new man who who obeys perfectly. But he's fully human. Jesus was 100% God and 100% human. 
It's really hard to understand and wrap our brains around. He wasn't like half God, half human. He was fully God, fully human. So that's important to remember. The word, the, the name, the Son of Man, also comes from one of our favorite books of the Bible. It comes from the book of Daniel. So I want to read that with you. This is in Daniel chapter 7, and it's verses 13 and 14. Now, Daniel, we read the beginning of the book of Daniel, and we didn't read the end. But Daniel has um, lots of visions in the book of Daniel, and this is from one of those. So Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Listen for the name, the Son of Man, and think, who is the Son of Man in this passage? It says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So that's who the Son of Man is. He is given dominion and glory and a kingdom that's everlasting, that will never pass away, cannot be destroyed. That's who Jesus is. He is the King. He is the Son of Man in that passage. All right, let's dive in and read. We're picking up in Matthew chapter 8, and we're starting at verse 18. So find that in your Bible. Follow along. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Now when Jesus saw a great crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gerardines, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of pigs, many pigs, was feeding at some distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank and into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city they told everything, especially what had happened, to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Let's talk about what we just read. So we start out with Jesus having some conversations about the cost of following him. 
And he's making the point that this is, this is not the easy path. Um, unlike the foxes who have dens and the birds who have nests, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He's, he's homeless. He didn't own a home. Um, he probably stayed in tents a lot, maybe stayed at other people's houses, but he didn't own a home. So if we're going to follow him, it's not a given that we'll be rich and wealthy and have, a, have an easy, cushy life. It, it may be a very hard life. Now, there's nothing wrong with owning a home or living in a home, um, but it is worth it to follow Jesus, even if it means giving up other things in your life. And then we have a disciple that says, let me bury my father first. And Jesus says, follow me, leave the dead to bury their own dead. Following Jesus is more important than your family. He really is more important than even your parents and your siblings. doesn't mean that they don't matter and that you shouldn't treat them with kindness and respect, but Jesus is more valuable than them. So following him means prioritizing him, obeying him before anything else. All right, let's talk about this next part. He gets in the boat with his disciples. They're going to go across the lake, and then there's this big storm. And Jesus is actually asleep in the boat, which I think is just incredible <laughs> that he could sleep through that big storm. But he wakes up and he says, why are you afraid? You don't need to be afraid. The disciples are just terrified because they, they're going to drown. The boat is going to sink. This is a bad storm. And Jesus says, he rebukes the wind and the sea. And there was a great calm. What does that remind you of? Who can command the wind and the waves? Can you? I can't. No human being can. God can. So what does that say about this son of man, Jesus? Who is he? This tells us that he's also God. He is the creator because the wind and the waves only obey their creator. And the disciples see this. They marvel, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? So remember that when you think about who Jesus is. He is fully man. He calls himself the son of man. He was born of Mary. He had skin and bones. He felt hunger. He felt tired. He felt sad. He felt happy. All the things just like you. But he was without sin and he was also fully God and he could command the wind and the seas. And then in the next part, we see that he also can command um, the demons. So these demons are possessing these two men. Um, and how, how awful. Um, it says that these men come out of the tombs. They were living out by the tombs. Um, the book of Luke also talks about it too. Some of the other gospels talk about there just being one man. Um, and that could be because maybe one of the men was more memorable or maybe more violent. We don't, we don't really know. But Matthew talks about two men. Um, and they know who Jesus is. They don't worship him. They, they don't have allegiance to him, but they know who he is. Um, they say, oh, son of God, have you come here to torment us before the time? They call him the son of God. Um, and Jesus commands them to go into the pigs. And then the pigs rush over the cliff and drown. So we kind of see what those demons are about. They're about destruction. They destroy those pigs, um, which is bad for the pigs, I suppose, but not for these two men who were possessed. Um, what a blessing that they have been set free by Jesus. 
And then we have the people of the city that they come and they meet Jesus. And when they see him, they beg him to leave. They want him to go away. Why do they want him to go away? I would think if I met Jesus, I would just long for him to stay. Um, But they want him to leave. Here, they see that their pigs, their herd of pigs, that that's their source of income and their source of food probably, um, has just been destroyed. All the pigs are gone. And maybe they're a little bit afraid. I don't know. But they're begging Jesus to leave. Um, Clearly, they're not seeing who he is. Maybe they don't see clearly that these two men are much more valuable than the herd of pigs. Um, And Jesus has freed them. I hope that we are not like the people of the city who fear Jesus and beg him to leave. But I hope that we are like the disciples who follow him and like that, like these two men who sit at his feet and, um, and learn from him and are set free by him. We want to follow Jesus no matter what the cost. All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. We're going to continue in Philippians chapter 3. We already memorized verses 7, 8, and 9. And this week we're going to look at verses 10 and 11. So verse 10 and 11 say that I may know him and the power of his resurrection may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is our goal. We want to know Jesus. We want to know the power of his resurrection. And that also involves sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. We follow the captain of our salvation, even if it means um, making big sacrifices and living a, um, a life that is hard, like we talked about today. We share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let's read the entire part from verses 7 all the way to verse 11. And you know some of it, so see if you can say it with me. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Well, I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows. I love reading and getting to know Jesus better through the Word of God with you. And if you like, I do have some free memory verse cards that you can print off from my website. So I have the link in the description below, and your parents can go there and print those off absolutely free. And you can tape them on your bathroom mirror and practice those memory verses Um, through the week and then you have something there to review them too so feel free to do that and we'll see you next time